Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass. Welcome back to Commonwealth Conversations, everyday Minuteman stories brought to you by the Mass Collective. I'm your host, Nathan Strauss, joined now by Chad O'Rourke, who is perhaps best known as uh, in these parts as being the owner of the Spoke Amherst, which uh, is the premier destination uh, for students, fans, pre and post game alike uh, in the the Amherst area, a legendary uh, watering hole great place to go uh but chad thank you so much for for hopping on and chatting some umass basketball yes thanks for having me appreciate it so first there is an event coming up before the next home game that is uh tuesday the 20th when umass takes on vcu and uh chad i understand that there's a a pregame gathering at, at the spoke yeah, this will be much lighter than the ones we've had in the recent past for anybody who has been able to attend them. Um, we we do mostly post-game parties. They just seem to be better because we can get the players there and coaches, and it's just a it's a better social gathering. The the pre the pre-event parties are more of just uh people who want to get together, socialize a little bit, have a drink or two before they they head over to the game and and um and just enjoy that community we're, we're trying so hard to build with the collective here. So the pregame for the VCU um, game will be at, at the bar, just a normal kind of everyday uh, bar event there that people can get together, socialize with each other and, and, you know, maybe head over to the game together, carpool kind of stuff like that. Um, if, like I said, for anyone who's attended the postgame parties, especially the ones at the spoke, what we put together, Hanoush, some other things we got coming up at like white line, which is the next big one with, with Marcus coming down. Those are the great ones. Those are the ones that I encourage everybody to attend if they haven't been able to because they're special. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool seeing how the players respond to having that fan interest and interaction. And I know the fans are really appreciative of it as well, especially with the uh, the momentum that the team is going to have coming into that game on Tuesday. They do the game this weekend on the road, but huge win last night. Uh, that was one of the best games that I've seen them play in since my time here as, as an undergrad student yeah they were dominant and it's it's just nice to finally you know we've had so many of these nail biters that we just can't seem to to close the door on and and um and that was a, a nice dominant win over the, the the top team in the a10 and and uh 
you know, it's it's something that UMass needs right now. It's a breath of fresh air to give them a boost as we as we head into the weekend. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, LaSalle doesn't become a trap game and, and we don't overlook that. And, and they they go in there taking that just as serious as any other game. But obviously, VCU becomes a, a very important game um, considering they're ranked a level ahead of us here. So. Now, you own the Spoke Amherst, but you also just opened up a new property as well, Spoke Live. How did you uh, purchase or run, get into the Spoke in the first place? And then what is, uh, what what should people know about the, uh, about the new uh, nightclub Spoke Live? Yeah, so I'll try not to make it too long here with the history of the Spoke. So the Spoke was started in 1984 by a gentleman who was a cyclist, which is where the, the name of the Spoke comes from. It's, it's a, it's a wheel spoke from a, from a bicycle tire. And when I bought the bar in 17, it was all themed out in bicycles. There was eight of them hanging from the ceiling. Every picture on the wall was all bicycles. Um, and I bought it just, I had owned two other bars at the time. I, I actually owned a, a company in Amherst, a property management real estate brokerage for over 20 years, which was my my main career. And I bought the, the Seven O's in Sunderland and the Tavern in Deerfield and started those. And at the same time, I had bought the Spoke just as a another investment. We were just bringing the same concepts from the other bars to the town of Amherst. We were just renovating, bringing a, you know, a fresh, new, clean bar. Uh, it was the townie bar. Uh, I had run the pool league at rafters for years. So I knew of the spoke and um, I was a Barcy's guy. And so we just wanted to clean up a locals bar. We didn't ever imagine it would become what it's become. And in 2000 and I bought it in uh, December of 2016. I opened it. I took it over January 9th, 2017. We officially opened it February 25th, 2017. And then by spring break, uh, I think it caught on with the students. It was new. It was clean. It had cheap drinks. Uh, we had big pitch, big pitchers of beer. And, um, you know, we kind of just hit the nail on the head, I suppose. And it wasn't on purpose. I mean, that literally just, we were just doing our normal thing. And, um, it took off and we, you know, we got in the, the Barstool Sports back then was doing their uh, best bar ranking and and we had been voted, I think, two or three that year against Stackers and some of the other great bars that we love in town. And and um, we just took off. We, we, we won that year. We went to the top 64 for Barstool Sports. We lost two years in a row. And, you know, over the last couple of years, we finally made it to the top eight. But in 18, uh, Southern Pizza uh, boarded us on one side and Amherst copy on the other. In 2018, I bought out Southern Pizza. We expanded into there to create a bigger, um, normal pub style spoke. Uh, in 2020, during COVID, Sean Cleary decided to move his headquarters of Amherst copy back to his spot in Hadley, uh, giving us the opportunity to take over that space. And so in 2020, we expanded over to there and to the nightclub side, of course, during COVID, which was really interesting because we had to put tables and chairs everywhere and, and and bring food back into the kitchen and function as a restaurant for for a short period of time. Um, and and then in uh, that summertime, I, I originally was going to take the concept of Spoke Live and move it over to where Old Town Tavern had left their spot empty um, previous to COVID. And the general cleaners was retiring and we knew that. And I actually owned the laundromat that was over there. And so Wendy Jones, the Jones family owns that building and, and I've been very close to them for years and, and we were negotiating with them to to do something over there, a second bar or sister something location and, and then COVID hit and that changed everything, um, of course, as it did for everybody. And so when um, Amherst Copy left, we moved over to that space instead of moving over to the Jones property. 
and during the summer after the renovation of that, I was talking to Wendy Jones and and she she and I were just talking about what was going to happen over there. She had a couple of people interested in doing something. And she said, you know, I really wish that you guys had done something over here. Um, and I said, you know, Wendy, maybe, maybe I'm ready to do something over there. Uh, and so I said, give me a little bit of time. Let me talk to my family and let me see what we can do because this would be a big undertaking. But if I'm going to do it, I need the entire building. And she wasn't ready to let go. She had, she had taken the laundry back, laundromat back to me because I had moved to Florida. And, um, and I, I actually had sold the tavern. I sold the, uh, the, uh, seven O's I sold, uh, all my property management company, the real estate, the brokerage, everything, and dabbled in retirement in Florida. And, um, she, that, that kind of pulled me out of it. I had to take the, the bar back, the, the spoke we took back in 2020, right during COVID. And, um, and then the live thing just became the concept of taking out the, the small nightclub side that was in the front building and move it over to the back building. And uh, and then my intention next summer is to renovate the front building and make that a bigger sports bar. So taking the two concepts and splitting them to two separate spaces so that the the population that comes to visits us, you know, if you don't want a DJ uh, pumping in your head, you can go shoot pool and, and watch a, a, a sports game on the TVs and, you know, just enjoy a regular pub versus having to be dominated by that club. But if you if you want the club scene, there's nothing like it in Western Mass. Uh, we are the biggest uh, the biggest bar under two roofs in Western Massachusetts. Yeah, having seen the lines every, you know, Thursday through Saturday, Thursday through Sunday, um, I think, you know, the more the merrier. Uh, you mentioned, you know, talking about some of the other bars in Amherst. Is there a sense of um, not not competition necessarily, but uh, like a, a shared understanding between, uh, you know, the the owners, the operators of those places that, you know, at the end of the day, you're 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 rivals but not enemies so to speak like you're sort of uh doing slightly different things but for like the same audience i guess yeah i mean you know i i can't speak on behalf of the opinion of everybody else of, of what they have of me but i mean i've been a, a citizen in this community for 24 years i was the youngest rotarian in amherst i've been on board of directors of the landlord association so i mean i i would think that i have a good reputation in town and as far as camaraderie amongst other owners and managers. Uh, Mark, who runs Stackers, I grew up with. He's a friend of mine. I, I can't say enough great things about Marky. He's he's such a good dude. Uh, Rasif from Monkey Bar, I've known for years since he got involved with Monkey Bar. All during COVID, we stayed in communication with each, each other about what was going on and how we could help each other. Same thing with Brian Stahl at, at McMurphy's. We, we stayed in, in touch with each other all through COVID. So yeah, you know, we're rivals, but uh, we all have a friendship. I mean, we all deal with the same issues. If there's, if ABCCs are in town trying to get one of us, they're trying to get all of us, you know, so we notify each other. If we have an issue with a patron, we make sure to notify the other bars. We're all in the same boat, you know? And and so the reality is, is that I'm, I'm the biggest proponent for growing Amherst bars. Uh, everyone thinks I'm crazy because they're like, why do you want competition? And my argument is it's not competition. Uh, the, the more we can offer, the better more well-managed places that we can offer in this town means more it gives more students a reason to come out not go to a frat party not sit on their couch if they if we want them to come to downtown amherst we have to give them a reason to and big lines and, and small bathrooms aren't going to be the solution to that problem so i encourage businesses to come into this town there's eight available on-premise liquor licenses in amherst that's crazy to me um, we need more great businesses to come into this downtown yeah it's a, a, a rising tide carries all ships 100%, and uh I say it all the time and one thing that I think does get students out is winning basketball games and sort of transitioning into the UMass basketball side of things. I think we've seen over the course of this year how more and more students have 
started getting to the building. Um, and, you know, the best crowds seem to be, uh, you know, coming in with each passing game. We were talking a little bit before hitting record here today just about how likable this team is. And you were talking about how they've really renewed your interest in college basketball. What is it about this year's team that is so compelling for you? Well, I think it stems from the top down. Uh, I think the reason that a lot of these players are here is because of Frank Martin. Um, you know, if you don't know Frank on a personal level and the only view of Frank you have is him on the sidelines, you probably look at him and go, wow, this guy is not nice. He is tough. And, and uh, how do these kids possibly play for him? Well, there's a reason they come and play for him because of the way he is. And if you meet Frank Martin off of the, off of the court, you truly see how amazing of a person he is. He's genuine. He's, he, he truly wants the best out of his players. And I think the reason we have these great players here is because he brings those type of players, high character players in Josh Cohen, Matt Cross. I mean, there's nobody more high character than those two gentlemen. Uh, and then you look at these young players, uh, Jaden and Jenga, Jalen Curry, uh, Danny, Hank and Stanford, Robert Davis Jr. I mean, these meet any one of these guys on outside of the court. And this is why we're doing the stuff with the collective that we're doing is so that we can give this perspective to the, the, the people who come and sit in the stands and don't maybe get a chance to shake their hands of these players and meet these players and see the type of people that they really are outside of basketball. They're great kids and they have a huge future here. So this is a question for me, you know, growing up, I, I was born in 99. So the era of college sports and um, I guess college athletics as a whole that I've grown up with, it's been very, you know, social media driven and, I was wondering, you know, you've been around the the Amherst area for a long time and including some, you know, really high character, high profile teams. Is what Frank's doing with having these or and what these players are doing with engaging with the community and sort of uh, prioritizing that off court action. Is that different from what we saw, um, you know, maybe in the 2010s or previous or is it sort of getting back to the basics? Well, that's the funny part. And we, we had touched on that a little bit. And, you know, my, for the last two decades, my, my love for bat it's not my love for basketball. I think my, between work and family and everything else in my life, that, that part of my life has sort of disappeared for the last 20 years, uh, you know, in the early nineties. I mean, he does, Frank reminds me a lot of the old coaches. And I think that's what's special about Frank is he has that old coaching mentality, the John Chaney's of the world. I mean, you go back to the days, like we were talking about the early nineties when, when I was, I was born in 79. So in the, in the early nineties, when the, when we had these great UMass battling teams, Temple, Wake Forest, Kentucky, Georgia Tech. I mean, you're talking about Georgia Tech had Stefan Marbury, Wake Forest had Tim Duncan, Temple had Aaron McKee, Georgetown had Allen, Allen Iverson. And, and then I was a huge Duke fan. I loved Duke in the early nineties, Bob. I was a small white point guard. I mean, Bobby Hurley was my favorite <laughs> player in the world. And uh, and I love Christian Leitner and Grant Hill and and that Duke team and got to see the Fab Five play and so my love that was hands down my favorite sport when I was you know probably ten to fifteen years old and at that time is when UMass when when Cal really started to rebuild the program and come back and um you know and and as a kid I, I my father used to take me to the Rage in the Cage Midnight Madness was truly Midnight Madness. Um, it was, it was phenomenal watch and, you know, and I could probably name the entire early nineties roster still to this day, you know, 40 years, 30 years later, um, because they meant so much to me back then. And, and to, to follow that, you know, when, when obviously I'm a South Halley boy born and raised. So Jason Germain is, is special to us to have out JG. there. So JG was on that team with, 
with Mike Williams and Derek Kellogg and Lou Rowe. And, and then you got it. You had a young, you know, Camby and Don, uh, Dante Bright, Dana Dingle, Carmelo Travieso, Edgar Fidel, like those players from, from 90, whatever it was, 93, 94 to 96, when they went for the, the championship. I mean, that was the best. And the, the coaching style, Cal Perry and John Chaney and Rick Pitino and those guys, I think is what Frank has. Uh, I think he brings that, that mentality back of the old school days. Uh, maybe not, throwing chairs like Bobby Knight has, but certainly uh, certainly the the intense passion that that Bobby Knight has without the physical abuse. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I, I appreciate that, too. And, you know, I, I am fortunate to be able to talk to him uh, every week on our, our radio show as well. And just the the genuine uh, the genuineness that I think he brings is uh, is really so impressive. And uh, you know, when when he was first announced as the UMass hire, um, someone who I didn't know, um, but is known in the sort of athletics world, reached out to me and said, I met Frank Martin once in 2004, and I saw him again 13 years later, and he remembered my name, having only spoken one time. And I think that's the kind of guy he is, but it's also the kind of guy that um, that he produces and and, and nurtures at, at UMass as well. And I'm curious... Uh, you know, what your interactions have been like. I know you've spoken so highly of the guys on the team, but what it's like when when they come around to those post-game events and um, sort of seeing them off the court, what your impression is of them as people? Yeah, I mean, my relationship started with Josh Cohen first uh, and then through Josh, Matt Cross, and then um, through my relationship uh, with the collective and building some some more affiliations for nil, uh, Robert Robert Davis Jr. with Hanush and, and some of the other players we've been building, Jalen Curry. Uh, they're, like I said, I, the word character, I think, means a lot and it, it is everything. And there, there's no there's no one I know that has more character than Josh Cohen and, and, and in positive ways, you know, not. And, and I mean character and, and the high the high regard of character and the goofiness of character and everything. He is a character. He's a great kid. He's a great leader. I don't think UMass could have a better person at the time right now where you have these young, young kids here uh, to make sure that they're they're being, you know, led led the right way by somebody. And then Matt Cross. I mean, anyone who's met Matt is the most humble guy you will ever meet. Quiet, kind of in the corner type of guy. But man, when he's on that court does it come out and he there's he's a beast uh those two guys i think are the best leaders uh we're, we're doing everything in our power to ensure that that we keep them here next year to continue to lead this team um you know i, I do think that these young guys in this team can build something special and i hope they see that and we're going to stick around and, and through what we're doing with the nil we'll create that but um when you get to meet these guys off the court and this is why again i i've said it and i'll say it again the mass collective is so important to what we're doing and why we do host these events at the spoke and, and everywhere else that we can is because we want to give people the opportunity if you i don't care if you sit in the nosebleed seats or if you sit courtside i don't care if you donate ten dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a year every foot in the door matters and what we're trying to do is is create these events where people can come out of their stands, come down and, and shake hands and, and meet these players that they want to root for. And when you meet them personally and you see the type of people they are, it makes you want even more so for them to win and stay here and, and build something special. And, and to me, it all starts with community first. You know, the students will come. The students are, students like winning. You know, you look at look at UMass hockey. Uh, Toot started something special. Carly. Carby's taking it to a whole nother level. UMass hockey's phenomenal. Uh, and the students, you go to a game there and easily four, five, six, seven thousand students every time because they win. 
And when UMass basketball gets there, and they will, um, the students will come back. But to me, the most important part is the community and the businesses. We need to build that first. And and I think when these businesses meet these kids, uh, like Robert Davis with Hanoush, um, any any one of these businesses that meet these kids, hold them in high regard and, and see the, the high character that they have and, and want to be affiliated with them. And that's, to me, super important. I have to ask, who is the most famous person that you have had as a patron, if you know off the top of your head? Um, I, I honestly, I mean, I, I don't know, to be honest with you, uh, of the of the most famous. I mean, people because it goes back to 84. So, I mean, you have you've had every superstar that's come from from UMass sports. I, I'm, I'm sure Victor Cruz has probably been in there way before my time. Obviously, Cam, he's probably been in there. Um, I, I don't know personally. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I loved when I had um, when we had Will Herndon and um, and uh, those guys, all the the OG guys that were back a couple of weeks ago were in there for for hours, and they're just such great guys. Uh, and so, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cal was in there previously. You know, who knows? Uh, but uh, I've got. I'll tell you, my favorite to to have gotten in there is is. Uh, Javier Reyes, Chancellor, has come to our events, and that was special for us because, man, is there's no better leader. I, I just absolutely love what he's bringing to the table. And Ryan Bamford, I think they're a great team. Um, you know, again, you can look at the simplicity of saying, well, these players are great players. It's so much more than that. It takes so much more than that to build a great organization. Frank starts at the top with Frank. It takes great players. But, you know, what what having the chancellor that we have now, having Ryan as the athletic director, having Pat McWilliams run the the nil, uh, this is a team, this is a forceful team that's going to create, I think, greatness in UMass athletics in general. And and we've got Corey Schneider over at uh, the Midnight Ride now with, with football and football's doing great things. I mean, if you looked at football schedule alone, you'd say, wow, this team must be phenomenal with the teams they're playing. And, you know, they'll, they'll get back to greatness too. So there, there's, there's no better time than right now to be a part of UMass Athletics. Without a doubt. We ask everyone uh, on this on this podcast the same two questions. Uh, and, and first, you know, I think you've already hinted at this, but, um, and I think I might know your answer, but we ask everyone, if you could pick one player in the history of UMass basketball to take a game-winning shot, a potential game-winning shot, which player would you trust with that that final basket? Who would be your guest that you think I would say? I have. Uh, I already know. I, I cheated. Obviously, I listened to all these podcasts, so I know these questions. So I yeah. I, what would be your guess that I would say? Mike Williams. Uh, well, I, I like where your head's at because it's on the same team. But I was a huge Lou Rowe fan, and so to me, there was no person I had more confidence. Matt Cross reminds me so much of a Luro in the way he plays hard and intense and strong under those boards. And yes, you know, the, the, the sweet shooters of the world, like the Mike Williams is always the ones you're going to think to. But to me, if you can get the ball in the hands of Lou Rowe and let him power in, he, you're not stopping him when he's putting the ball in. So uh, Lou would be my answer on that one. But Mike, Mike Williams is a great one. Every, basically everyone who has brought up Mike Williams independently of that question has ended up saying Mike Williams. So props to you for bucking the trend. And I love that, that Lou Rowe, Matt Cross comparison. Going to have to get that on a broadcast somehow because uh, I that's 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 high praise. Um, and you and know- the, the right number too, because he also reminds me a lot of Larry Bird. I, you know, again, I'm 44. So I grew up in the days of, of Bird and, and uh, you know, Matt wearing 33, which I know Bird is his favorite player. So Matt, if you're listening, props to you because 
you do you he actually was the first one that Matt reminded me of was Larry but I do I do think he, he plays a lot like Lou oh yeah and and the 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 curly hair I think does it too um sure. you know for the for the Larry Bird comparison I uh I once I drove by Larry Bird's house back in the day uh in French Lake I think but anyways neither here nor there uh the other question that we ask is back when you um were younger if you could have had an NIL deal uh what would the dream company have been or product brand etc well i'd be cliche and cheating if i said the spoke wouldn't i but uh so <laughs> eli eli stole which, which which probably be my obvious one which is raptors i was a big raptors guy as so many people were and uh I, like i said I, I i ran the pool league there for years but my favorite place, my go-to for many, many years, my heart and soul of Amherst was Barcelonis. And Dan might have stole. I don't know if Dan stole that one. Did Dan say Barcis when he did? Uh, I think I think he did. There's only been two people to say it, and I'm almost positive that it's the that it's now the two of you. Well, Barcis, I, I just have to. I mean, if I was in town in Amherst and back then, uh, that would have been my that was my go-to, and and that would have been the one that I would have as a as a young student at at uh, UMass, if I was playing basketball, I would have killed to have Barcy's as my uh, my sponsor. That was my favorite place. Are there any other events aside from the upcoming event coming up on Tuesday before the VCU game, whether it be uh, collective focused or just spoke focused that that you want to put out there to the the listening audience? Well, obviously, every weekend Spoke Live is open now. We're, we're, we're working on doing some other great things this summer. We're, like I said, we're going to renovate the front building and, and expand the sports bar aspect of it. But as far as game time stuff, the 24th at the at White Lion with Camby, uh, that's a big event. We'll, you know, we'll see where this season goes as we get into March and, and as we get into the A-10 tournament and you know, willing we get through it, uh, we'll do some, we'll do some more great events. So it's tough to tell right now because the next big event obviously is the 24th. Um, but Pat and I talk regularly. We'll definitely keep, um, we'll definitely keep everybody informed of, of any events that we create. Uh, if you don't already subscribe to Mass Collective on anything, whether that any form of social media, do that, get, you know, get it, get on the email list and, and stay up to date on the, uh, the events that are going on. Because again, if you haven't been to them yet, if you talk to anybody who's been to them, they're special. They're different than they've ever been in the past. We, we've got tons of sponsors. We get food at every event. We have tons of giveaways at every event. Um, they're not, we're trying so hard to not only do them at the Spoke or at a bar. Uh, they're very family friendly. And uh, that's why we did it at Hanush. That was our push for Hanush to say, look, we can do this anywhere. And, and Amy absolutely knocked it out. Amy and Tony just knocked that out of the park. I mean, the problem I think they did is they set the bar so high. <laughs> how do we do it somewhere else? They did such an amazing job uh, that, but those events are special. And I, I think that um, we, we want to get more people to start to attend them and, and get involved with the collective so that we can keep this going. After the win last night, UMass 16 and eight with six games left in the regular season. Uh, you know, they haven't had a 20 win year in the last decade, and they really are on the precipice of being one of those special, special teams that gets talked about uh, for years and years after, uh, like the teams that you've talked about already today. So it's so important to get out to these events, but then to get over to the Mullen Center, watch them. The next home game is against VCU. Um, there's other home games coming up as well. Uh, they have a game against, obviously, St. Bonaventure on the 24th. That'll be a big revenge game, a kind of prove-it game. And then the final uh, home game of the season is on March 6th. So important to get out to Amherst while you can and support this team. And, of course, stop by the Spoke or the Spoke Live um, and 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 have some fun and 
and meet people in the area as well. Chad, thank you so much for hopping on. If if people want to find the spoke, uh, I'm sure they they can find it. Uh, but where would people best follow you or follow them? Uh, follow the spoke uh, online. I think our most powerful source right now, especially with the age group we see, is is Instagram and TikTok. Uh, you know, we're we're rekindling a uh, strong social media force with Eli, with the help of Eli Slovin, who's a very good friend of mine. Uh, Eli's doing some some side work with us and and rekindling our our social media. But every plat we're on every platform. I mean, from Facebook to you know, like the old guys like me, you get Facebook, and then you've got Instagram and and uh, Twitter and and all those things. But I think Insta is definitely our most powerful one uh, for sure. And and so we do have a lot of followers on that. I think we're over five thousand now and uh, and growing. And hopefully, with the help of Eli, we'll we'll continue to boost it. Good old Eli Sloven, uh, the voice of the people. Uh, sure. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, a reminder to follow the Mask Collective on all social medias. Come out to the events. Chip in if you can and uh, keep listening. Yeah. I've been your host, Nathan Strauss, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency, they're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance, all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget, UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass.